It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caligero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, whenever you're watching, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. A place I'd like to be right now. It's freezing up here in uh, upstate New York. Check out his website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328. 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by Fight TV. What a lineup Fight TV has, including our show. That's right, you can catch... The Billy C. Show right on Fight TV. Uh, and don't forget, all the fights that you want to watch that your television provider can't get you, you can get it on Fight TV. Visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click the Fight TV embedded player. It's right there on the front page. You can watch all of the fights there, whether they're free, pay-per-view, whatever, whether they're in the States, overseas, Wherever they are, Fight TV brings them to you. And, by the way, speaking of Fight TV, don't forget to download our free app so you can watch this show wherever you go. Download the free app today right on the front page of BillyCBoxing.com. And finally, today's show is also being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to the show just by going to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Looking to get a signed copy? Visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book. You can't miss it. It's right there. Um, coming up on the show, uh, Sal and myself, and we're going to get a, uh, a visit from uh, DaxCon later on. Uh, we're going to give you our uh, breakdowns and predictions uh, of the big fights this weekend. We have a, uh, a busy weekend scheduled uh, for uh, for boxing, um, but today the big news is that you know we've been talking a lot uh, about the heavyweight division over the last several weeks. I mean, Anthony Joshua, in my opinion, the best heavyweight on the planet, uh, had a uh, ordinary, as I described it, uh, after the fight, and since then, an ordinary performance against uh, Carlos Takam. A couple of weeks ago. And then last weekend, we saw Deontay Wilder uh, destroy uh, Bermain Stavern just like he should have. And uh, I uh, give uh, Wilder a lot of credit for taking care of business quickly. And he looked pretty good 
Well, since then, all we wanted, uh, all we've been talking about, really, I should say, is uh, the showdown that we all want, and that's AJ against Deontay. Well, it was announced yesterday that uh, serious talks have been going on uh, with uh, uh, the two teams. Uh, Eddie Hearn uh, is uh, discussing a potential uh, AJ uh, Deontay Wilder fight uh, in. Uh, 2018, and my man uh, that keeps us up to date uh, on the happenings over on the other side of the pond, uh, Johnston Brown, sent us some quotes uh, from Eddie Hearn when he was on Sky Sports uh, yesterday morning discussing this very issue. Joining me right now uh, to get his thoughts real quickly on the potential showdown between uh, AJ and Deontay Wilder happening next is my man Sal Rocky Senecola. Good morning, Sal. Oh, it's happening, sweetheart. It's happening. <laughs> good well, morning, Bill. How are you? Good, good. I mean, we talked uh, extensively about this matchup, and, um, you know, we've had uh, many scenarios uh, that we, not only you and I threw out, but we received from uh, viewers and listeners. And now uh, it seems like uh, there is a strong possibility that this fight does indeed happen next um, if it does, and we've beaten to death our ideas about who who should fight who uh, next and then leading up to the showdown uh, maybe in the summer, but your thoughts, Sal, on if the fight does indeed happen next for both of these guys? I think it would be a great thing to start the year off, number one. Number two, as we often said, Bill, you know, once a fight does occur, guess what? The fallout from that fight occurs, and, and, and there's many other fights that are stimulated of interest. So it'll be good for boxing one way or the other, whether they have their, their uh, one uh, fight before. Uh, as we drew the scenario, it'll be perfect if they have the fights we, we recommended. But if they do not and they go at each other right away in the new year ahead, I think it's a great week, way to start the year. And uh, I think we will see the residual and the fallout from the winner and the loser of that fight, and I'm sure there's going to be a rematch clause, and it'll be an exciting way to start. So I, I'm all for it either way. I just want these two guys to get in the ring together. And if it's in the first quarter, that'll be great. If it's in the second quarter, that'll be okay. Well, funny you should say that because uh, they are indeed talking about two fights. Uh, uh, that's what's being in, uh, discussed right now. Um, one here in the States, one in the UK. Let me, uh, thanks to my man Johnston, uh, let me read you uh, some quotes that he forwarded me uh, from uh, uh, Eddie Hearn. Uh, Eddie Hearn said that there was a willingness from Deontay Wilder's camp to agree to a world title unification uh, with Anthony Joshua definitely in 2018. Uh, these guys uh, had a uh, several meetings together when... Uh, uh, Eddie Hearn was in New York, uh, and it happened yesterday. And they both uh, appear very eager to make this fight happen. And some quotes from Eddie Hearn are as follows. He says, we're all optimistic. The <coughs> Excuse me. The meeting was positive, and now we can move forward. We're at the point now where we're looking at venues. We're crunching numbers, and we're getting down to the nitty-gritty of negotiations, which will be taking place over the next couple of weeks. I think there's a strong willingness from both camps to do this fight next. Uh, we've also discussed uh, waiting until the summer. There are lots of di uh, different options right now, different venues uh, as well. 
uh, talking about doing one fight in the U.S., one fight in the U.K., but also the understanding uh, from both parties is that this is a huge fight and we must get it made in 2018. I think there's a strong willingness from both of our camps to do it next. Uh, we also waited uh, about uh, waiting to do it in the summer. He says, but the bottom line is it's a huge fight and it has to get done. It'll be the most talked about event in the world. 59-0 and 0 with 58 knockouts between these two fighters. We're all excited uh, because we love the sport. We want to make these big fights, uh, but also we have to make great business. Uh, we have to do what's right for our clients. But Joshua wants to fight bad, and so does Deontay Wilder. We're keeping our fingers crossed the next couple of weeks for this to play out. Uh, hopefully we'll have a good Christmas, and hopefully we'll have a nice present for fight fans uh, coming up in 2018. Um, I like what I'm reading, Sal. How about you? I like it, too. It's a good bedtime story. Not really, but hey, you know what? I like it. I like what they said, and uh, this is going to be a two-fight package deal, and uh, I think we're going to be, hey, guess what? We have questions for both these fighters, and why not answer them both in an early early 2018? And uh, I think it's going to be a great showdown. And why? Not only because it's been marinating for a while. Thank you very much, Bob Arum. Uh, it's 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 the only fight that makes sense in a heavyweight division to unify some titles between the two fighters. Well, you know, um, I agree. I mean, I I think. I've said this many times before. You know, everybody and and carrying forward with with your choice of uh, uh, words from Bob Arum. Uh, we got to let the fight marinate. You know, I've said this many many times it's before. Pickled, Sal. It's pickled. You know, the truth of the matter is, is when there's a big fight that the fans are demanding, they demanding a big fight. They want it now. You know, and and then we wait for this marination process. The truth of the matter is, and I've said this many times, especially over the last several weeks, is that there's always another fight that that everybody oh. wants after. You know, so to to try to convince the uh, unknowledgeable fan that this is the fight, but we need to let it marinate a little more to get the the juices going and more uh, interest and and get the fans crazy. That's a complete smokescreen. Because all we're getting at that point, and, and in this case, the fighters are, are both young, but all you're getting in that point is, is aging fighters, more mileage on the fighters, fights that the fans really don't want, and there's always the risk factor, Sal. You have said uh, yes. many, many times, and, and, it, and, and this is the case with any weight class, but specifically for the heavyweight uh, weight class, is that, you know, somebody could upset the apple cart any time. You know, Deontay Wilder or AJ take an easy fight that they presume is easy. And uh, next thing you know, they're looking up at the lights and millions of dollars go down the drain. And, and you know, you can make the argument for um, for that exact idea in, in AJ's last fight against Carlos Takam. You know, he didn't blow him away the way Deontay blew away Stavern. Most of us believe that both of these fighters should have blown away these opponents similarly to the way Deontay blew away Stavern. And, uh, I, I, you know, it, if you can't see 
that this fight would do well right now. I don't know what to tell a fan, but I, I think I, I say all for it right now. Next fight, first fight for both of them in 2018, Sal. I agree with you, Bill. I think it's a natural, and like like we said, even though a scenario that we could, and in scenarios we drew uh, earlier in the week regarding if, uh, if this one fights uh, that guy, this one fights the other guy, you know, and then have them showcase and, and, and have a fight together. No, that's only in lieu of them not getting in the ring together early in 2018. That is a natural layup. That's the way we want to see it. And this is the way it should happen. And you know what? Uh, no excuses, questions answered, and all the above. Uh, I think it'll be a dynamite way to start 2018. We'll have uh, the rematch to talk about after the fight. We'll also have Canelo Alvarez and Triple G coming around the corner. So there's going to be some good fights to look forward to. But this fight has to happen right away. No more marination. Let's get it done. And let's see who the best is between the two. Because I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm not going to lay any money down right now on who I think. But I, I'll tell you. It's not a layup for Joshua. And it's not going to be an easy one for uh, Wilder. And uh, But they do have two common two things in common. They got punching power, and they get the desire to win. Well, it's not a layup for both. And if uh, Deontay Wilder uh, is disciplined in the ring and employs a, 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 a jab, it's going to be interesting. You know, if he gets in trouble, um, you know, we, we want to see what he does. I mean, listen, we already saw, you know, the beauty of this is we already saw AJ in serious trouble. I mean, this guy was a, a, a fly landed on his chin away from going to sleep against Klitschko, and, uh, and and he came back from it. You know, I think that defines a fighter, Sal. When they come it back does. from something, uh, some diversity, whether it be a, a serious cut that, that referees or doctors are threatening to stop the fight over or a, a beatdown for, for several rounds that all of a sudden they got to you know, uh, go reach deep and, and come out and, and win a fight. Or in Anthony Joshua's case, where you're seriously hurt, you're dropped, you're down, you're out of gas, and, and you got to summons up, uh, you know, some powers within and come back. We have not seen that from Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder has not been tested uh, in the ring with a quality opponent. So we don't know how he's going to react. He doesn't know how he's going to react. That's something you can't train for. So that's a... That's a silent little variable there, Sal. That that you know people have to keep in mind. No, and it's 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 it is true, Bill. I mean, you know, my last fight with Louis Lamelli uh, for the title elimination fight to face uh, Pernell Whitaker. You know, I I, uh, I went in there with that leg uh, uh, situation, but boy, I walked into a right hand. I got dropped, and and uh, I I never got dropped like that before. And I was like, whoa, what do I do? What happened? And I jumped right up. And, uh, you know, and then they, uh, he jumped right on me again. So you never know. A fighter, especially if he's not been down, he's not been tested like that, hey, it happens. And when they're faced with that for the first time, you know, they're going to let their instincts take over. And, yeah, you try and get up by, this, by uh, the 8 count or by the 10 count, and then you uh, collect your thoughts. You get, get uh, yourself together and either uh, backpedal for a little bit or slip some punches and recover, and you make it through the round. Uh, or you come back if you're not if it's a flash knockdown, you just come out strong. AJ faced that for the first time. We saw that against Klitschko, and you know what? We we thought he was on his way out. And uh, I think a lot of that initial uh, reaction that he 
gave us, and, and we saw how fatigued he got from his uh, beating on Klitschko that dropped Klitschko, uh, and then his fatigue after uh, shortly after that, uh, I'm sure that's why he didn't jump on to come when uh, he had him hurt. I think that the lack of quality opposition for Deontay is going to show uh, when he steps in the ring with, with AJ. And, and the thing about AJ is that, you know, he, he, you know what it's going to boil down to? Deontay Wilder says he's got the biggest punch in the heavyweight division. And for all intent and purposes, we've seen guys go to sleep with one nice solid shot from Deontay. So we can't really question that. But my big question, and then we're going to take a quick break here, is does Deontay Wilder have the same pop in his punch as Klitschko? That's the question. Think about that for a second, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, and childrens of all ages. Does Deontay Wilder pack the punch that Klitschko does? We'll be back in two. Billy will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, I'm joined here with my man, uh, Sal Rocky. Uh, Senecola, and we're discussing the news uh, that the uh, potential showdown in the heavyweight division that we all want uh, between uh, uh, Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua is is actually being discussed. Now, whether it really takes place or not uh, is yet to be seen. You know, the only scenario, and we, we talked about this extensively over the last couple of days, Sal, the only scenario that I would be okay with if the fight does not happen immediately in 2018, would be um, something that, um, you know, you actually ha- had suggested. You know, Deontay Wilder uh, fighting as the co-main event in England on the undercard against either his mandatory, which is now Dominic Brazil, which, by the way, I think Brazil and Deontay Wilder is a, is a uh, challenging fight uh, for Wilder. I really do. Uh, or even Dillian White against uh, Wilder as the co-main event and AJ as the main event taking on Joseph Parker. I do believe that that would be an interesting card uh, and it would be uh, the final step to a potential showdown. Now, it is a risky showdown for both fighters. I mean, let's face it. Joseph Parker, I know he holds a belt and not many of us give him a chance to beat AJ uh, and he's trying to outprice himself, but it's still a risky fight. For AJ, and let's face it, Deontay Wilder, uh, you know, any uh, top heavyweight could give him trouble. He's yet to face one, so we really don't know. Um, you know, he looked good against Stavern for, for two minutes and 59 seconds, and uh, he's a big guy in terms of height. He's got that jab. He's got some speed. He's got a pop. I'm okay. I'm okay with fighting AJ uh, first fight for both of them in 2018 or having a, 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 a fight leading up to it and then a showdown in the summer. What's your thoughts? Well, I think, you know, it's a beautiful scenario. 
any one of those uh, two that we we did discuss. And yes, it is risky because anything can happen in, in one fight that can set back another fight. I mean, that could be a broken nose, a bad cut, uh, a thumb in the eye, uh, y- you name it. It could happen. A uh, broken hand, as Deontay Wilder already had at one time. Uh, so, you know, if we want to get through the dance, uh, let them meet together the first time. And, you know, there'll be talks about the second fight. That'll be fine. But, yes, the scenario we did draw earlier in the week would be a beautiful lineup, too, a showcase, a, a co-feature event, a main event, and have it take place in England. But uh, I'm so excited about this fight. It's going to happen. And uh, I really, really uh, could take it sooner than later. So it doesn't matter. I just want to see it happen before the first half of the 2018. Well, either way, it's coming. It's coming. It's and, coming, uh, sweetheart. You know, it's and, coming. And, and here's the best part of this whole thing, the best part of this whole discussion it, you know, and, and I'm actually bouncing back and forth our official chat room up on BillyCBoxing.com. And, of course, we're doing a simulcast on Facebook Live. And I'm talking to my man Dave and uh, Randy Gordon, uh, former uh, commissioner of New York. Uh, he's in there. Randy Flash Gordon? Yeah, yeah, you got it, Randy Gordon. Randy Gordon, um, my man. Where is he? Is he, he in the chat room? He's in, he's in, uh, he's in the Facebook uh, chat. But, but, oh, the, that's but, great. but, but, I the love thing, Randy. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. No, no. Ra- Randy and Jerry do a fine job. I, I, we got to get, Je- we got to get those guys to come down. We gotta get we gotta get Jerry Cooney and Randy Randy Gordon to come down to one of our events, Sal. I mean, we definitely have to have those guys come down. Ah, Jerry, hey, let me tell you, but I don't know about Randy, but Jerry loves to play golf. I mean, I'm sure he would love the uh, Sea Palms uh, golf course, man. So uh, we gotta get those guys to come down. But anyway, the beauty of all of this right now is the fact that there's people talking on both sides. Some people say, oh, AJ's going to win, like myself. Other people say Deontay's going to win, like you say. And uh, Randy Gordon is saying that he's picking uh, uh, Deontay if these guys fight. You know, So you know what that tells us? That tells us it's a competitive fight. You know, it's a competitive and, and, fight. And, and that's what we need. We need a competitive fight in the heavyweight division. I mean, I applaud. Yes. I, 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 listen. I think that the only way that this could be a negative impact is if a fight between these two guys end in two minutes and 59 seconds. That would be a negative. But if it goes several rounds and we get some fireworks, we get both of these guys hitting the canvas and getting up, I mean, come on. What's better for the sport of boxing than have two top heavyweights fighting each other and willing to dance with each other for multiple fights. I mean, let's face it. In order to sh- prove you're the best, you got to fight the best, but you got to have willing willing dance partners, Sal. You know, I, I'm so excited about this fight. I'm trying to think of, you know, what could they title it? It's like it's like uh, the other day I said, you know, uh, we could have when two worlds were collide. That would be each world, car- world belt holders well, uh, or something else. But, you know, you made a comment, too, and before we took a break, and, and I don't know if you're waiting to get into it. If you are, you let me know. But you said, you know, they both have heavy punches. And I can tell you right now, there is a difference between these two fighters and their delivery of heavy punches. And um, do you want to elaborate on it now? or, or Knock what yourself you out. Oh, don't do not do that. Just just give us your opinion, yeah. My, my opinion, yeah. Well, Anthony Joshua, he's got a heavy, heavy hand. It's a thud. It's a thunderous delivery of a punch. And Deontay Wilder, as heavy-handed as he is, he's more of a, 
you know, the snap, the whip, and, and it's coming from all angles. And, and I hate to keep referring back to it because I love the, the, the uh, who was it? Was Willie or one of the guys in the chat room last week or earlier in the week called Deontay Wilder? He looked like a, uh, a, uh, an octopus. A uh, drunken octopus. Uh, I don't know what he that called was, it, but no, something like that. It was an email I got. Yeah. It was, it was an email. <laughs> Somebody referred to him as a drunken octopus. But I got news for you. <laughs> but, he didn't look like a drunken octopus on last Saturday against the Vern. No. No, he didn't. But what he did look like, and I could see where you get it. He's got a stance that's twice as wide as his shoulders, and he's throwing these punches from all over. So, you know, you look at what he's doing with his legs twice as far, and, and boom, and boom. He's a dangerous fighter. He's a, And I called it from the beginning, Bill. I said that there's not a layup for Joshua. And I think that Deontay Wilder has got some arsenal in him that could definitely we, – we know it's going to be the first time both these fighters see a style such as each other possesses. And Deontay Wilder is always going to be dangerous because he's got that whip-like delivery of punches coming from all angles. And, you know, we saw some ability of, of his boxing and his jab last time. So I'm telling you, Bill, uh, it's going to be – you're going to see a lot of heavy opinions going for both of these fighters. And I think that's why this is going to be a great showdown. The anticipation, the drama they could build up to this, it's going to be a war. Yeah, I, I can't wait. Um, and that's for sure. I mean uh, – I'm good with with a, a a dangerous, two dangerous fights for these guys leading up to it. Um, but I'm also good seeing them fight next and signing a two fight deal, uh, home and home type of a, a deal. You know, uh, uh, where uh, the first fight is uh, in the UK, second fights in the US. Uh, I think that uh, makes financial sense for both fighters. You know, the, the the one thing is that Deontay Wilder has to understand. And and I and I know it's probably hard for him personally because he's had a lot of BS whispered in his ear over the last couple of years. Um, but you know, he and his team have to understand that they're clearly the B side. Now I say B side, not in talent, because we all agree that it's it's fifty fifty. But but uh, you know, it, it, he's the B side in drawing capabilities. You know, Anthony Joshua can stay right in England. He could say, forget about fighting you, Deontay Wilder, and still make his $20 million of pop in England uh, fighting everybody else other than Wilder. So, I mean, from a financial standpoint, Deontay Wilder, is, is he has to be the guy that understands that AJ's in the driver's seat. You know, I think that he should take the offer of, of fighting in England for the first fight, $7 million plus the U.S. television rights. I think that's a, a very good deal considering that he hasn't made $2 million yet here in the States. And, in the you know, make them sign a, a rematch clause that brings the fight back in the States that guarantees them, say, 10 or or even $12 million. You know, and if, and if AJ and Hearn are willing to sign that, that makes so much financial sense for Deontay Wilder. Win, lose, or draw, he's financially set. AJ's going to make his $20 million plus either way. What do you think? Bill, I think it's a beautiful scenario. And you know what? If the fight takes a lot out of each fighter, they could both retire after the second fight. The bottom line is, though, yes, I don't think Deontay Wilder is – is going to have any kind of money like that of $10 million or to seven plus the revenue of the uh, pay-per-views thrown at him anywhere domestically in the United States. So I think it's a beautiful scenario that you just mapped out. You have the fight over in England. It's a natural, it's a natural layup. 
you know, uh, De Deontay will get at least ten million from that. And uh, while, and uh, we also know that uh, Anthony Joshua should get at least his twenty, twenty-five. Who knows, thirty? But I think the ticket sales will be astronomical. I think the gate will be sold out in England probably within a day, and I think the pay-per-views will will. I'm gonna say I I I would hope that they would exceed. We ever get the final numbers of the pay-per-views for Mayweather and uh, that 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 MMA guy? What the hell's his name? No, Raider? they they never released it. All they say <laughs> no. is all they say is how great it was. We never got great money. Hey, listen, we're gonna take a short break. I got a bunch of emails to read. We got breakdowns. Uh, of all the big fights this weekend. But before we go to break, Sal, I got a question that I saw in the chat room when I first came on, and, and there's so much discussion going on there. If you're watching uh, uh, or listening uh, on the radio or television or a stream, uh, don't forget that we respond uh, directly to the uh, uh, comments made in the Billy C. chat room, billycboxing.com. Um, but I do, I do try to communicate in the Facebook feed, even though guys, remember the Facebook feed is the worst. It's a cheesy camera, one camera shot. The true television version is over on YouTube. We do simulcast on YouTube or billycboxing.com. But Sal, I just want to, I got a question for you. Ryan in the chat room wants to know if you deliver pizza to Australia, you can fill us in on that when we come back. Because we're going to take a short break. I'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And, uh... Jeez, I've been playing around with these buttons. I hope uh, I hope people have been uh, listening to us uh, all this time. I, I didn't even notice if uh, my uh, my sound was out. But uh, anyway, hey, listen, Sal. So you got a you got a delivery vehicle for Australia or what? I do. It's it, it's it's a uh, round trip ticket for you and I to go to Australia. We'll hand deliver the pizza. All I uh, request is if they can line up a sparring session for me and Jeff Horn. Hey, listen. Round trip ticket for me and you to go to Australia. That's like a five day event, isn't it? Is it like a twenty four hour plane ride? Uh, guy, and hey, neither well, one it's, of it's, neither it's, one it's of us like, like planes. You know how it, much I really don't like flying. Exactly, I'm and, saying neither and, and neither do I. And I don't think you. I don't think we could drive there. You know, well, I was gonna uh, say uh, how long will a boat take? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so listen. Let's get some emails read. I would love to. Uh, I got uh, before we uh, before we do that. I got some uh, sports scores to get everybody caught up on uh, real quickly in the NFL Thursday night football. The Seahawks uh, topped the Cardinals twenty two to sixteen to improve to six and three. The Cardinals, uh, well, uh, they've got a losing record now four and five uh, in college football. Uh, the, the game of note, North Carolina top Pittsburgh 34-31. In the NBA, 
the Wizards beat the Lakers 111-95. The Raptors beat the Pelicans 122-118. The Rockets over the Cavaliers 117-113. The Kings over the 76ers 109-108. A tight one there. Uh, the Nuggets beat the Thunder 102-94. In the NHL, the Oilers beat the Devils in overtime 3-2. The Flyers topped the Blackhawks 3-1. The Wilds shut out the Canadiens 3-zip. The Blues beat the Coyotes 3-2 in a shootout. The Ducks beat the Canucks 4-1. The Lightning over the King 5-2. And those Flames, Sal. The oh Flames boy. beat the Butts off of the Red Wings 6-2-3. So uh, congratulations to uh, every... <laughs> you hate it when I do that, but... Uh, no, uh, no, you just get me into that... You just get me into that mode where I do the mime of... of I hear no evil. See, yeah. <laughs> that was. Yeah. Um, here's some emails. Let, let's guy, let's switch Z. gears here. We got some emails to read. Uh, first and foremost, Jesse says, hey, Billy C. and Sal, I heard that Mikey, uh, he's referring to Garcia, turned down the Lin Ayers fight uh, because Showtime had a better offer for him to fight uh, on Showtime uh, for uh, uh, more money. The boxers are, are negotiating with other promoters. Uh, for fights or also looking for other fights at the same time they're talking with those negotiating promoters of fights just in case talks fall through for the fight i think showtime is the only one that offers mikey good money and excellent fighter opponents hbo wasn't willing to dish out mikey and linair's good money because they probably know mikey will win and not fight on hbo again it's all about the money i, I mean I, you know hbo has to do some serious revamping of not only their lineups, uh, but their commentating team. And and I got news for you. I can't even watch. Well, you guys know I can't stand Mario Ronaldo. I, I can't stand him. Well, uh, I, sorry, who, what's his name? Again? Ronaldo. Ronaldo. You know, <laughs> I know. Uh, Mario. Ronaldo. Yeah, I I just can't stand him. He he's he's he has no business calling boxing. He's he's not. He, he's a joke. It, it's 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 terrible. And when you have two two quality guys, a Hall of Famer in Al Bernstein and, and Paulie Malignaggi, who, who who knows his, you know what, um, yeah. and they're being overshadowed by a loudmouth like Ronaldo, uh, I, I don't know. But I will say this, uh, the Showtime boxing, even though Steven Espinosa is the kind of guy you never want to leave your kids with, uh, you know, I see, you know, if you take a look at Steven Espinosa, you grab your kid, you know, eh, don't near, walk near him, Johnny, you know, but uh, uh, the truth of the matter is, is that they have been putting together some decent fights, some competitive fights, but they have just as many showcase fights, so both of these top cable networks need to do some uh, serious uh, revamping of at least who they bring on, they got to get people in the know about who's who just because they have an undefeated record doesn't necessarily mean they're a good fighter you know but uh anyway uh he says my picks for the weekend jacobs over luis uh, miller uh in a close decision over uh walk in a snooze fest ortiz knocking out uh selden uh that's that's uh interesting uh beater beef knocking out enrico uh, Jose Carlos Ramirez knocking out uh, Mike Indeed Reed. Sosito over Gustavo. Leon Williams over Smith. He says, uh, I'm actually going to the Fresno card. You think that card is good enough to go? Listen, I feel that, you know, whenever you have an opportunity to go to a live boxing event, do it. Because it's the only sport that you can't, 
You can't get the same effect when you're watching a fight on television as you can live. And I don't care where your seat is. If you're live and you're you know, at an event, a boxing event live, there's so much energy and feels and smell and you can hear uh, the, the punches than you can on TV. Don't you agree with that, Sal? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely a must for any real fight fan. To go to a live event just to see and take it in, you know, at least they'll experience for for the first time. And if it's the only time, at least you got the taste of what it's like at a real live fight. Yeah, I I mean, uh, you I got, mean, it's, it's definitely it's, you got to do it. It's worth it. It really is. Yeah, no, you, you, I agree 100 uh, percent. He says, uh, what's your thoughts on Fury actually going for Wilder? Uh, to knock out Joshua, he calls Joshua chicken. That's all bull BS. All that is is, uh, you know, Tyson Fury's trying to get himself a fight with uh, right. AJ. So uh, you can't believe anything he says. He says, uh, lastly, do you see uh, Dodzi Kima, a step down for Giovanni Santillan, who won a belt versus Sammy Valentin? I don't see how this steps. I don't see how this helps his resume resume on paper. I would like to have seen him fight Turnov, uh, Brad Sullivan. Uh, Peralta, uh, Arizara, or even Jamal James. Uh, he needed to step it up or it was just to stay busy fight. You know, I, the thing about uh, Sammy Valentin is that, you know, maybe he rushed uh, the fight uh, against uh, Kima too much. So, I, no, I, I don't disagree. Although I would like to see, uh, uh, I would like to see um, Brad Solomon in the ring again. You know, so, uh, you know, thanks for the email. Another one here, this one's from Joel. Sally says, hey, guys, what's your thoughts on this weekend's HBO card overall? For a fan like myself who may have other combat sport events on the weekend, do you recommend it or don't you think it's worth it? Also, Showbox returns uh, Friday with a quadruple header. I always love those. Have a great weekend. Listen, anytime we get boxing this weekend, uh, beginning tonight, we got Showtime. We got HBO and ESPN tomorrow night. Watch them all. You know, uh, that's the beauty of technology with the DVR, Sal. They get to watch them all. Um, I, I, I got another email uh, here. Um, this one's from, uh, oh, this is from Willie. Here's the thing. Willie sent me, um, and, and this was pretty cool, getting back to the heavyweight division. Willie sent me, but Willie wasn't the only one. My man Matt and uh, my man Jerry. Uh, and uh, my man David all sent me the same exact video to talk about. And basically, if you missed it, Eddie Hearn was on the streets of New York uh, talking, uh, doing an interview, and he just randomly was was uh, picking people out uh, in the uh, walking by, asking them if they ever heard of Deontay Wilder. This is in New York. He fought it's in like the, man the, on the he, street he, interviews. He fought, like he fought in the Barclays Center last weekend. And every person that he uh, asked had no idea. One was even funny. goes, Deontay Wilder, does he play for the NFL? <laughs> so, I, I mean, to suggest that this guy, um, you know, is a household name is, uh, is ludicrous, as Mike Tyson would say. Okay, listen, we got some fights this weekend. Uh, we got uh, Dax Khan coming on here uh, in uh, uh, a little bit. Uh, so let's get, uh, let's get our thoughts uh, going here. Um, first and foremost, tonight we got some fights. Um, there's a uh, heavyweight fight um, that's uh, taking place tonight between uh, Junior Fay and Fred Latham. Junior Fay 
is a guy out of New Zealand. Uh, he's six foot five, uh, ranked number seventy six in the world uh, at heavyweight. He's uh, twelve and zero with seven knockouts. Has only went forty one rounds in those twelve fights. Um, you know, I, I don't. I'm not. He's twenty eight years old. I, I mean, he really hasn't fought anybody yet. I mean, it's hard to really get a gauge on him. I mean, a couple of the names that I'm not going to mention on his resume are guys that are basically uh, professional uh, uh, opponents that don't even really come to fight, and they went uh, the distance with him, um, you know, a, a couple of times. Um, his last fight was against Hunter Sam, went the distance. He squeaked out a win over Daniel Ty. The one thing I will say, in his last fight against Hunter Sam, which was in May of this year, he weighed 279 and three-quarter pounds. Now, he is six foot five, but he's lost over 17 pounds for this fight uh, with uh, Fred Latham tonight. Uh, he's weighing in at, he weighed in at 262 and change. Uh, now, he steps in the ring with uh, Fred Latham, and Latham is uh, ranked 163rd. Uh, in the heavyweight division, he's six foot two. He's got a record of nine and zero with five knockouts and a couple of draws. In his last fight, uh, he had a split decision draw against Alonzo Butler, which is a pretty uh, uh, impressive uh, 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 result, uh, despite it ending in a draw. At least he went ten rounds with him. Um, I, you know, this is a tough fight to pick. Junior Fay is the showcase guy. I, I'm I'm gonna go with him. I think Junior Fay is gonna win the fight. What's your thoughts? Where's Latham from? New Zealand. Well, I think uh, I think the uh, smart money tonight. I will also have to choose Faye. Not that he's been tested; neither one of them have. But they're early on in their career. They're going to try and do a notch up and step up. So uh, I, th I think uh, I think Junior Faye should have this fight. Um, I think he'll win. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, the main event. Uh, for uh, tonight's fight, uh, Luis Rosa going up against Yondale Evans. Uh, Luis Rosa is actually the smaller guy. Um, I'm pretty sure that this fight is being contested at Super Bantamweight or uh, Junior Featherweight. Uh, Yondale Evans, uh, you know, at least his last couple of fights have been at the Super Featherweight uh, or Junior Lightweight division, however you look at it. Rosa is ranked number 41 in the Super Bantamweight division. He's five foot five. 65-inch reach out of New Haven, Connecticut. So I'm sure my man Alex is a big fan. He's undefeated at 23-0 with 11 knockouts, 127 rounds. Um, he's fought some decent opposition. Luis Espinosa was a no contest that he had. Um, he's fought some experienced guys. Uh, he steps in the ring with Yondale Evans. Yondale Evans, uh, you know, he's 28, similar in age, ranked at number 94 in a bigger division out of Cleveland, Ohio, very similar record in terms of level of opposition, although he does have a 10-round decision over Billy Dibb uh, uh, in uh, April of this year. Uh, he's uh, lost. Uh, his record is 19-1 with a knockout. His loss came at the hands of Javier Fortuna. Um, you know, I, you know, Yondale Evans is a guy that uh, is going to be tested uh, against uh, Luis Rosa. Um, I think the size might come into play here. I'm going to lean towards Evans in this one, uh, although uh, Rosa is uh, is a quality fighter. What, what do you think, Sal? Uh, and let me ask you this: uh, How how tall is uh, is uh, Yo Yo Yodel Evans? 
Uh, I don't have uh, I don't have his height in front of me to be honest with you, but um, he's uh, you know he's his nickname is the Money Shot. If that helps you with your decision at all, Sal. <laughs> well, it doesn't, Bill. But I'll tell you what I um, I'm gonna go for Rosa. I'm gonna go for Rosa. I'm just gonna go on the other side of the fence there and and pull him for Rosa. I think whether he's been tested or not with a record of 23 and 0. I, I think he's got to uh, fight his heart out, and he knows it, it's time to step up or uh, step out. And uh, I think he's going to be um, looking to bring his best. Uh, they both will. I mean, it's going to be it should be a competitive fight. Um, and I think uh, I think Rosa, you know, hey, he's 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 going to have to really fight and pull pull everything out of his arsenal. And uh, I think he should uh, probably prevail as a winner. Now, uh, over on uh, Saturday. On uh, ESPN, um, there's a couple of good fights that we're going to get to see. We'll start off first with uh, Mike Reed. Yes, indeed, Reed going up against uh, Jose Carlos Ramirez. Mike, yes, indeed, Reed is ranked uh, number 48 in the world at welterweight. Um, I believe he's moving down to fight uh, this fight. He's uh, 24 years old, five foot six southpaw, uh, 23 and 0. 12 of his wins coming by knockout. His last fight was, uh, you know, I, I think uh, one of those career-defining uh, fights in a sense. He fought Robert Frankel, who's a tough guy, uh, and went 10 rounds with him. Prior to that, Reyes Sanchez, he's got a win over uh, Aaron Herrera uh, back uh, last year. He's fought some decent opponents. They've carefully moved him. He's, uh, he's a good fighter, and he's young, uh, and he's got a good training uh, group that's with him. Uh, five foot six, like I said. Now he steps in with the taller guy, uh, who uh, is uh, five foot ten, orthodox uh, junior uh, welterweight in Jose Carlos Ramirez. Uh, similar in age, he's twenty five. Uh, he's uh, got a similar record, twenty and zero with uh, fifteen knockouts. Um, you know, he hasn't. I mean, Isuf Kinda was a, a decent uh, win for him. Manuel Perez, a good win. Um, you know, I think these guys are very evenly matched. This is a tough one to pick, uh, but I think uh, you know uh, Mike Reed might be in a little too tough. I, I think I'm going to go with uh, uh, Jose Ramirez in this one. Your thoughts, Sal? Well, you know, and I've got to become more familiar with these guys. I want to look at them today, uh, but uh, I will. I'm going to go with Reed. I, I for personal reasons, I think you know. Uh, I just at that weight, a five foot ten guy, I think he's going to have a very lean body mass, uh, and I think that uh, Mike Reed, if he's uh, using his his height as an advantage, meaning he's five foot six, uh, he might be the smaller target. He's going to move in, try to cut the ring off, and, and do what I would suggest doing, and just bang the body. The body's a big target, and when the body gets banged, the hands fall, you go up to the head. So I'm going to go with Mike Reed. All right. Next fight, the main event on that card uh, will be uh, um, Artur Biederbeef going up against Enrico Kohling. Kohling uh, out of Germany is ranked number 19 uh, in the uh, light heavyweight division, 5'11", 27 years old, only beaten once, 23-1. and one. Never's been stopped, but he's not a power puncher. He's got only six knockouts. He's won a lot of rounds in those 24 fights, 176 to be exact. Um, he uh, fought Rhino 
Lionberg uh, in his last two fights. The first fight was a bit controversial, spit decision win for uh, uh, Coling, but the second one was a little more um, one-sided as a unanimous 10-round decision. Uh, he's also uh, got some decent wins um, over uh, Cheryoviak and Demonchenko. Um, you know, he's a, he's a boxer. I mean, uh, you know, at five foot 11, he's going to try to utilize his arm reach and everything else. Now, Artur Bidabiv is, is one of these, uh, fighters that have had a very extensive, uh, amateur career. He fights out of uh, Canada. He's had some, uh, issues, uh, getting fights. He's much older at 32, uh, but around the same height, he's uh, five foot 11 and a half. He's got much less rounds, uh, than, uh, his opponent uh, at 31, but he's got such an extensive amateur career. He's gained all his experience there. Now, he's 11-0, all of his wins coming by knockout. Um, you know, I, he fought Campillo. That's the, he also undefeated Jeff Page Jr. I mean, he, this guy, you know, there's a lot of talk about him. Tavorius Cloudy beat, uh, knocked him out quickly in two rounds. I mean, you know, he's been, he busted onto the scene early, fighting some tough guys. Um, I think that uh, he's going to continue his dominance. No disrespect to Coling, uh, but uh, I I'm picking uh, Beater Beave in this one. He he's a tough out, Sal. Yeah, I, I see that, and I think uh, I'm going to go with Beater Beave as well. I think it's a, it's a good fight for both of them. Uh, we just lost your audio, Sal. Should, uh, oh, there we go. Should Where do we go? No, we had <laughs> lost your audio for a second. <laughs> Oh, that's because I wasn't talking. Oh. No, I'm teasing. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I think Peter Beef should, should come out the victor. Uh, the next fight I want to talk about is one that we kind of touched on the other day in the heavyweight division, Maurice, Maurice Wack going up against Jarrell Baby Miller. Uh, Wack is uh, eight years older at 37, former world title challenger, uh, fought and lost to Vladimir Klitschko, um, but he was not uh, stopped. He went the distance. He does have a loss on his uh, a knockout loss on his record, and that came at the hands of Alexander Povetkin back in 2015. He's uh, got a record of 33 and two with 17 knockouts, 211 rounds. Big guy, six foot seven and a half. Um, he's eight years older. He's ranked at number 20. He's got a height and reach advantage, three and a half inches taller, four inch reach advantage. Um, the thing about Wack is he's tough. But he doesn't, he's not busy. Uh, he does, I think his last fight was a, a big win for him. He uh, won a 12-round decision over Erkan Tepper. He's got some, uh, he's got the loss against Povetkin. He's got the loss against Klitschko, uh, two experienced fighters. Uh, you know, he's he's going to be a tough, tough out. I was ringside for when he uh, knocked out um, Kevin McBride. I thought he killed him. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, he steps in with Jarrell Baby Miller. You know, I'm not sold on Miller yet. Uh, he's ranked at number 12 in the heavyweight division. I, you know, normally I, I love the way the uh, computer rankings pick their fighters, but in this particular case, uh, I don't understand how they can have him in the top 15. He's fought no one with the exception of Gerald Washington, and that fight was a back-and-forth fight, and then Washington's corner threw in the towel between rounds. Uh, that was in his last fight. Uh you know, and also for that last fight, um, he had gained 15 and three-quarter pounds uh, from uh, his fight when he fought Nick Guviaz back in 2016. So in one year, the guy gains 15 and three-quarter pounds. 
Uh, he is six foot four. You know, he claims he's got all these boxing skills. He never shuts the f up. Um, I I don't know. I think this is a big test for him. I think that they're trying to set up stuff up. He just signed with Eddie Hearn. Um, you know, Walk has been in the uh, gym with uh, as a sparring partner. I think it's all going to boil down to activity level. And if Miller can continue um, doing what he does for 10 or, you know, 10 rounds, uh, he'll win this fight. If the weight, the extra weight um, slows him down, he's going to find himself on the losing end, uh, maybe even kissing the canvas uh, up to, up close. The key for a walk is his output level. He's got to throw punches. If he goes in there with the sparring partner mentality and waits to counter, Jarrell Baby Miller will win the fight. I'm I'm on the fence with this fight, so I got to pick somebody. I'll pick Miller because I know that any close fight, he'll get the edge. What's your thoughts? And how old is Miller? Miller? Yeah. Is, uh, let's see. How old is uh, Miller? Roughly. He's, he's, tw- he's uh, 29. 29. And what's his record right oh, now? Come on, man. He's undefeated. He's undefeated. But how many he's fights uh, 19 he and 0, seven, 17 knockouts. Right. Well, I think I think you know he he does have uh, you know the record, but not really the real resume. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Wack, and I know Wack is the B side here, but uh, I think Wack. You know, he's 37. He's got his last hurrah in him, maybe. And uh, you know, like you said, he's got to keep busy. And the baby Miller, I'm gonna tell you, you gained 15 pounds. I think that's gonna come into play. And uh, I think it'll affect his uh, his uh, his normal output and his style. And uh, I think that uh, it's going to be a good fight. But I, I'm going to pick Walk on this one. Well, just keep in mind he gained the weight over uh, over his last three fights, so it's not like he gained it all in uh, between you know the the last fight and and uh, and tonight. You know, so I mean, uh, and Saturday night. Uh, Plus, he hasn't now got... you're giving me the Paul Harvey rest of the story. Well, okay, well, I thought you know, it was he, last night. He didn't look like he slimmed down any in the photos. Well, he's gonna do the weigh-in tonight, but we'll see. Uh, I'm just saying he had gained 15 pounds over his last three fights, uh, and he certainly didn't look that chiseled in his last fight. Well, so, I'll tell you what, I know, but he's still a growing guy. He's 29, so he's just filling out. He's becoming a man. Yeah, he's filling out in the opposite <laughs> direction. He's filling out like a barrel fills out. But anyway, there you go. Um, finally, the main event uh, really of the weekend is uh, former world middleweight champion Daniel Jacobs is stepping in the ring with undefeated Luis Arias. Arias is uh, a middleweight, ranked at number 17 in the world, 18-0. and 0. Uh, He's only fought 90 rounds in those 18 fights. Uh, he's got nine knockouts. Uh, the computer sees him at number 17. Uh, like we talked a little earlier in the week, I give him credit for the uh, Arif Magomev Medev fight, uh, Daryl Cunningham and Jorge Silva. Even though Jorge Silva doesn't look impressive on paper, he's a tough out. And uh, Arias can fight. I mean, this is a guy that... He can box, uh, and uh, you know, given uh, the right uh, opponents, he can he can stop his opponents. Now he steps in with Daniel Jacobs. You know, Danny Jacobs is a guy that uh, you know I've always thought he was an exciting fighter, but I didn't really give him the credit that I should have. Um, you know, he's ranked at number four in the world at middleweight, former world champion. He's thirty years old. We all know the cancer story. Uh, his two losses uh, came, uh, he was knocked out against Dimitri Pryor. That's when they discovered he had cancer. He came back 
and he's uh, you know he's got some good wins over uh, decent opposition. Uh, you know, in my opinion, a lot of them you could say were were hand picked, uh, but uh, nonetheless. You know, Sergio Mora twice. Peter Quinlan, I, I still think that fight wasn't on the level. Uh, blew him away. Uh, but the last fight he had was against Triple G. Uh, that took place in March of this year. There were a lot of people that felt that he won the fight. Uh, the judges felt that uh, Triple G uh, won, uh, not only won the fight, but won it in unanimous decision fashion. He looked huge for that fight. And, uh, you know, I think he's back to, you know, just a normal middleweight uh, at this point. This is a tough fight. Arias can fight, but Daniel Jacobs just signed a, a long-term deal uh, with Eddie Hearn. He signed a multi-fight deal with HBO. I would find it very hard uh, to believe that uh, the powers that be would stick Daniel Jacobs in a position uh, where uh, uh, they don't feel very confident that he's going to win. Uh, in addition to that, a win here probably sets him up uh, for a fight against uh, the Japanese champion who just beat um, uh, Nadam uh, Murado. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the next fight Daniel Jacobs is in is for uh, the regular uh, title that the WBE, WBA has. Because remember, Triple G has their super uh, world middleweight title. So I'm picking Danny Jacobs. And uh, I think that not only is he going to win, uh, but he's going to win in exciting and dominating fashion. Your, your thoughts on this one, Sal? I'm going to concur and go with uh, with your outline of the fight, too. I think Danny Jacobs does have a, a something to prove here. He probably feels that he did beat uh, Triple G, and uh, I think he's got a little bit of more to show the world of what he can do, and uh, I think he's going to rise to the occasion. And I, I'm, I I like what he does. I like what he brings to the ring. He's got some good skill. He's got a pop on his punch, and uh, I think he's going to, Teach, uh, teach Aries a, a little lesson there. I, th I picked Danny Jacobs by uh, knockout in later round. All right, Sal, good choice there. And uh, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Dax Khan will join us. We'll get his thoughts uh, on the uh, fights that we just gave you our thoughts on. So uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening. Unfortunately, you were watching a commercial again. You're listening and watching the Billy C Show. I was not paying attention. I can't do it all. I can't do it all. Joining me right now with Sal Rocky Senecola is Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Good morning, Dax. Billy C. What's going on, my man? What's going on with you? Well, fall is here, huh? It's cold weather. You ain't kidding. It was snowing here yesterday and the day before. So uh, anyway, let's get started. There's several fights I want to get your thoughts on. First and foremost, the undercard on tonight. Intriguing fight in a way. Uh, we're talking about all of this uh, interesting heavyweight division 
what's going on. What's your thoughts, uh, Junior Fay, uh, and against Fred Latham? Um, you know, they're both pretty. They both have a good amateur pedigree. Uh, well, Latham, actually, you know, is more of a regional. He, um, I know he's won Pennsylvania Golden Gloves once or twice. Uh, Junior Fay actually has a, a win over Joseph Parker, the WBO champion, back in uh, the 2012s. I think that was the Olympic qualifier. So I think uh, Fay, he fights a lot like Joseph Parker. And uh, Fred Latham, he's more mobile. So he has a good chance of uh, making Fay look, uh, you know, chase him around all night. And uh, so it's a toss-up fight, genuinely. Who do you pick? And you got to give us a pick. Don't give us the toss-up line. What do you think you are, uh, Sal Rocky Senecola? <laughs> I'm gonna say Faye is gonna win this one, uh, but uh, he, has, he has a slight, uh, slightly uh, better amateur pedigree. But you know, neither one of these guys are really overly impressive. You know, I, it, that's what I was thinking. Like in the in the case of a close fight like this, you go with the guy that's supposed to win because he'll get all the he'll get all of the he'll get all the breaks. You know, that close round, the judges will lean towards him. You know, so uh, uh, unless he gets knocked out, but yeah, we're with you there. Um, the main event uh, tonight is uh, Luis Rosa against Yondale Evans. Um, what's your thoughts on this one? I mean, you know. Evans has been in with better competition than Rosa has. Um, the funny thing about Evans is he's only had one fight in two years, and that was uh, earlier this year, a uh, decision went over below Dib. And um, in 2015, prior to that, he took a break from 2012 to 2015. Uh, a lot of gaps of uh, inactivity in his career. Uh, Rosa, his best-known opponent, um, and not really a world beater is uh, Orlando Davali. And um, he hasn't really been all that much active lately. Um, after his, um, in from he only fought once from 2016 until back in this past June um, when he scored a win over Carlos Cesario. So, you know, I think Evans is going to win in this based on the, uh, the experience. It's not much of an age factor. Uh, Evans is only a year older. But um, I believe that, you know, Evans has been in with the better opponents. And I also believe that, uh, you know, he is the – I just think he's the better fighter overall. And I think he's just going to outbox Rosa. Yeah, you know, I picked, I picked him too. I, I, you know, they both have similar uh, uh, resumes. And Evans is actually physically bigger. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, so I think that now, but he's he's this fight is at junior welterweight, isn't it? Th that fight is at junior welterweight. I mean, I'm sorry that that fight's at featherweight. I'm thinking of the next one. Yeah, I'm I'm like okay, I'm yeah. like a junior welterweight. No, really? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I, I was thinking of, I was thinking of the uh, Mike Reed fight, but uh, anyway, oh. um, the uh, the next fight I wanted to talk to you about is that exact fight, Mike Reed against Jose Ramirez. How do you see that one going? It is at junior um, welterweight. Uh, yeah, yes. That, 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 there's a lot of good junior welterweight fights this weekend. Um, this fight, actually, in my opinion, has the um, is going to be the best fight on that card. Um, you know, they're both high quality boxers. Uh, you know, uh, Mike Reed is a former junior Olympic uh, champion in 2000, 2011, 2012. I know he's a Golden Glove champion. Ramirez, the bell holder, is a former 2012 Olympian. He has fought in the World Games. Uh, he's a two-time U.S. Uh, uh, championship gold medalist. Um, he actually, in the World Games, he actually lost to Vasyl Lomachenko by decision. Uh, my uh, pick here is going to be Ramirez, only because he's faced the better competition in the amateurs. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a high-quality boxing match, but look for the winner of this one to get into the mix of this red-hot 140-pound division, which is pretty much wide open with the exit of Terrence Crawford. 
Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. That's a real good point. Good point. And uh, but Reed came down for this fight, didn't he? Because wasn't he fight? Wasn't his last fight in welterweight? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, but I still believe that uh, you know Ramirez is more talented of the two, and he's going to be able you know to overcome that. You know, it's not like Reed is a, a monster puncher. No. The main event, Artur Biterbeev um, against uh, Enrico Colling. And, you know, Colling is, is, is a good fighter, good boxer. I don't think he's got the pop to keep Biterbeev away from him. Um, but I think Biterbeev needs a great performance. What, what's your thoughts on this fight? You know, Biterbeev's a guy that we all have been watching so intently since his 2013 debut. Um, he entered during that, you know, the rise of Sergey Kovalev with Kovalev's um, aura of invincibility, you know, the, the reign of the crusher. Um, except, you know, uh, he had a more accomplished amateur career than Kovalev. In just his sixth fight, he was blasting out uh, former world champions like uh, Tavares Cloud and Gabriel Campillo, claiming minor titles like the, you know, the uh, NABA, uh, IBF North American, uh, WBO International, bringing himself into all the uh, sanctioning bodies and the ratings. I was almost sure Beater B, before he hit double-digit wins, was going to have a world title shot. Um, you know, uh, Enrico's a little younger. Um, that's his only advantage. I think he has the three-year age advantage. But um, in terms of power, amateur pedigree, level of competition, it's nowhere near what Peter Reeve has been in with. Um, uh, Coelling his uh, best competitions, best wins are those two fights with uh, Rhino uh, Lionberg. Uh, and, you know, the split decision, unanimous decision. Nothing tells me he's ready to fight at this level. I'm not even sure how this is for a vacant IBF title, considering uh, Peter Reeve, like I said, in 2015, despite winning that IBF North American belt and his win over Campillo, has concentrated on WBA sanctioned titles. Um, you know, he should actually be in there with uh, Dimitri Bivol. I'm going to, you know, this is a gross mismatch in my opinion. Arthur Biderbeev is going to win this inside the three rounds by stoppage uh, due to the amateur pedigree and uh, the other factors that I mentioned. But his entire professional career has been based in Canada. And despite his wins over some, you know, very good opponents, uh, former world champions, guys uh, like Cloud who wasn't really on the slide, I don't really think Arthur Biderbeev is everything that he appears to be on the surface. If he was everything he appeared to be on the surface, by now they would have had him in there with a Dmitry Bivol or an, uh, an Alexander Vodzik. So what I'm trying to really you know, get to here is that they're picking Arthur, they have Arthur Biedebiev in there against a guy like Eric Cohen because you know Arthur Biedebiev at his age, he doesn't have much time left in this sport to rise, uh, stay at the top and when we see what happened with Sergey Kovalev after his losses to Andre Ward Kovalev fights later this month and there's absolutely no buzz about that. This is you know the one and only chance for Biedebiev to grab himself a title, get a couple fights in Canada, and he too is just going to fade off into the sunset. You know, it's funny you say that. We were talking about that the other day. Uh, there's virtually no interest in uh, in Kovalev, and you know, I, we, we Sal and I, uh, we both feel that by him quitting, really, really devalued him. And uh, it's uh, it's 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 fascinating how quickly this sport will kick you to the curb, you know. My, my one <laughs> question, back, back to the Beater Beave uh, Colling fight, do you think that Colling's boxing ability will help him against Beater Beave? Do you think that it'll, it'll pose any problem? I mean, uh, Otor Beater Beave has had such an extensive amateur career and, and assumably has faced every bit or every kind of, uh, of style. Uh, but the credit I do give Enrico is that he can box. Is that just going to keep him in the fight a little longer, or is because of his boxing ability could he possibly steal a fight? Even though we all know that you know being in Canada and all those things, he ain't stealing nothing except a candy bar. But uh, uh, could he win the fight? 
I think it's just going to more or less keep him in the fight maybe a little bit longer than I predict. Uh, you know, Birbiev, he's very one-dimensional. He doesn't move around very much. Um, and he's a, he's a very stiff fighter. He, uh, the way he, hold, he holds himself in his posture almost reminds me of a young Vladimir Klitschko when Klitschko first started in this sport. Remember how uh, robotic and stiff like Klitschko was and he was always looking for that knockout? Um, same thing with Birbiev, and that's what I see. I know that John um, Scully has been really trying to incorporate a more fluent style into him. So we'll see if that comes into play for this fight. I know John has worked with him, you know, intensely, but, um, you know, more or less, that's about the only thing I could see is quelling, you know, lasting a few more rounds than I predict, but it, it's still a gross mismatch, no matter how you look at it. Arthur Bidabiev, I really don't think, you know, I can't stress, he's not everything he appears on the surface. Um, the fight that, I, I'm uh, not that the Danny Jacobs, Luis Arias fight isn't going to be one that I want to see, because I, I definitely do. I want to see Daniel Jacobs. I've you know, clearly uh, have been impressed with him more every time he goes out than I was originally, I'll be honest. But the Jarrell Baby Miller and Maurice Wack fight, um, you know, I'm one of the guys that has not bought into the BS from Jarrell Baby Miller. He hasn't fought anybody. He's got the biggest mouth and the biggest girth, but that's besides the point. He's got the biggest mouth in the heavyweight division. You know, shooting it off uh, when he really hasn't fought anybody. I'm shocked to see that the computer even had him ranked higher than I would think. Is this going to be a real fight? I mean, Wok, um, you know, he has been in there with, with, with big names. He's gone distance. He's got a chin, but he just doesn't throw enough punches. I mean, uh, you know, what's your thoughts on this one? How's this one going to go, Dax? You know, like you said, Miller talks a lot. Um, he asked for all these big fights. Uh, you know, you mentioned that girth. Without that girth, Jarrell Miller would have already lost, in my opinion. That girth is what actually helps him because he, he's a very um, basic fighter. Um, you know, there's nothing impressive about him. You know, Walk is tailor-made. Uh, aside from the fact he doesn't throw a lot of punches, you know, he's a 37-year-old. Um, you know, he's a six foot seven heavyweight, and his biggest accomplishment is going the distance with Vladimir Klitschko. If anybody remembers, um, one of my favorite moments about that fight was uh, what happened back in the dressing room when the, the gloves of Wok, there seemed to be some padding missing, and Vitaly Klitschko is the one who noticed that. And all of a sudden, when Vitaly picks up those gloves and he notices that all that padding's missing in the front, you seem like scurried rats. The whole team of Wok, the commission, and everybody just went into the back of this corner and stood there as uh, Vitaly Klitschko looked at everybody. As if he was just about, you know, to he was about to wipe out this whole room, and you know. Uh, but other than that, you know, what? That's the only memory I have of Maurice Walk, except for the fact, uh, you know, he lost to Alexander Povetkin. You know, Miller, he should win this by stoppage. It doesn't raise his standards, in my opinion. Walk is not even as good as Gerald Washington. All this does is give Jarrell Miller some more microphone time, uh, a little bit more time to call somebody out, and uh, in his next fight, we're probably going to see him fight somebody, you know, even a level below Walk. You know, <laughs> you make an interesting point off topic about uh, Klitschko because uh, he, Vitaly Klitschko, had the mean streak. You know, if you could, if you could combine his attitude and mean streak with Vladimir, you would have a, a, an unbeatable guy. I think if you could make, could you imagine as Vladimir? And I'm not taking anything away from Vitaly because he was a more exciting fighter. He mixed it up. But he has a mean streak. You see that in the corner when, when he's uh, in the corner when his brother's fighting. 
Uh, I, you, you're right. <laughs> That's why you talked about that when it happened too. I remember and, every, and every, chin. no, uh, no, he definitely had the chin. He, uh, and, didn't he, and the chin, you know, that, that's all I'm saying. They're thinking to themselves. They're like, wow, Lennox Lewis almost took half his face off. And this guy was arguing. He still wanted to fight. There's nobody in here to help us. What are we going to do? Right. Remember, remember that when, when his face was cut the way it was, but, uh, you know, the, the funny thing is, is, uh, uh, Vitaly, I, I could, I remember you talking about it after it happened. But, you know, everybody, nobody wants to get hit by that guy, you know. Uh, but uh, anyway, interesting. So your official pick is Miller? Yeah, my official pick is Miller. You know, Walk is brought in there just to make Miller look good. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm not a fan of Miller. But And finally, Daniel Jacobs against Luis Arias. Arias is a good fighter, but does he have a chance against Danny Jacobs? Listen, minus the world title... He's very, you know, uh, Arias reminds me very much going into this as Peter Quillen going into his fight with Daniel Jacobs. Um, you know, Arias, you know, he has sensational looking wins, but again, very beatable opponents. You know, his win over uh, Magomedov on the undercard of, uh, of, I believe that was Kovalev and Andre Ward. You know, he stopped Magomedov, but Magomedov is a one-dimensional fighter. You know, so he was there for for the taking. Arias, you know, he promises to knock Danny Jacobs out at the press conferences. He has stated all kinds of things on how soft the chin of Danny Jacobs is, how overrated Danny Jacobs is, how overrated Triple G is. You know, to me, that's a guy who's actually trying to talk himself into the fight. It tells me he's a little bit nervous. And Danny Jacobs being Danny Jacobs has been very calm about it. And he, same thing, you know, with the lead up of a lot of his fights. Anytime I've seen an opponent talk a lot about Danny Jacobs, Danny Jacobs has come in there and he's, you know, stopped them in you know, some pretty devastating fashion. You know, that that KO loss, you know, to Pirog, that was back in, um, what was that? 2010, 2011, you know, uh, in boxing, that was a whole career ago. You know, um, Danny Jacobs, he has a new promoter. He has a new network that's looking to market him. He's going to go out there and make a statement. He only has one more fight under Al Heyman after this. Danny Jacobs is trying to bring his career to another level. As you stated, he more than likely he's going to go to Japan and get that fight over there. So Luis Arias is going to go out there. He's going to try and take the head of Danny Jacobs off, and then he's going to realize very quickly, you know something, I'm in a place where I have never been before against a guy I've never been in, a guy, you know, at the level I've never faced before it's like somebody I've never had before and my biggest mistake was getting this guy mad in the post fight in the pre-fight press conferences I'm sorry I even ran my mouth because Danny Jacobs is going to lay this kid out flat yeah Danny Jacobs got a lot to prove and he's going to uh, definitely uh, get that world title shot next fight uh, any final thoughts Dax yeah, um, you know, this week, like I said, you know, 140 pound um, this weekend is impressive. Uh, you know, one of the uh, fights that I'm really looking forward to this weekend is over in Scotland. You know, Josh Taylor versus uh, Miguel Vasquez. You know, this is interesting again because that 140 pound division is wide open, and with the new IBF belt holder Sergey Lipinets, um, you know. This you know everybody right now is just buying and looking to you know hopefully get this spot where uh, you know once Terrence Crawford leaves and both these guys are evenly matched um, you know uh, one's only thirty years old um, really Miguel Vasquez his biggest loss was that questionable decision when he lost his IBF lightweight title to Mickey Bay um, you know uh, Taylor you know he's a member of the 2012 Olympic team uh, he just had a sensational win over O'Hara Davies uh, back in July um, he has a strong amateur pedigree so you know something all. All these fights over here at 140 pounds this weekend are the ones that I'm most excited to watch because once Terrence Crawford uh, exits that division uh, officially and he moves up into uh, uh, the welterweight division, the 140-pound division is going to be the most exciting division in boxing to watch, in my opinion, and that's the one everybody should be paying attention to this weekend. All right, my man. Well, listen, you enjoy Sounds the good. fights, and uh, we'll be looking forward to you uh, on Monday 
with your uh, post-fight thoughts. And I'm sure I'll have a lot of them. I usually do. <laughs> Dax, have a good one, brother. Stay we warm. It, Dax. Stay warm, Dax. It's coming. It's here. We're all going to be moving down south soon, man. Come and on down. down. The yeah, the colder it gets, the closer I'm going to south. <laughs> Come on down. Anytime you're ready, Dax. <laughs> all right, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Have a good have one, Dax. Weekend. That's uh, Dax Khan uh, giving us uh, his thoughts on uh, the big fights this weekend. Um, I, you know what, uh, Sal, before we take a break, um, I, I just wanted to touch on a couple of things. One, Tyson Fury, you know, you mentioned, you brought him up before. And Tyson Fury uh, now, you know, uh, talking smack uh, against uh, against AJ, predicting Deontay Wilder is going to win, etc. Um, we've heard the name mentioned that, uh, you know, he's a potential opponent for AJ in 2018. Um, you know, he still hasn't gotten his... Uh, situation straightened out with the BBB, 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 BFC. Um, and um, there was a statement released by his uh, promotional company, Hennessy Sports, and he said, it's been a difficult couple of years, but we're not going to stop until we have cleared Tyson Fury and Huey Fury names. And this is in response to an article that was written uh, in uh, uh, from the BBC uh, concerning the uh, United Kingdom anti-doping regulatory uh, system, they were uh, saying that both these guys had tested positive um, for uh, uh, a banned steroid. Now, the Fury, uh, the Furies claim that the result came from them eating uncastrated wild boar and uh, feel that the uh, BBBSC has damaged his career and that they're looking to sue him for uh, sue the BBB. You see millions and millions of dollars of for course. lost money in the fight. You know, we've wow. heard this before from Mexican fighters who tested positive uh, for eating uh, uh, beef that contains steroids. Uh, what's your thought? I mean, I'm not a scientist, and I don't know how this would trans uh, you know transpire. But you know, is it possible to test positive? Uh, if you're eating uh, food that, that has uh, a steroid in it, and what levels of it would be maintained? I, I don't know enough about it, but it seems pretty, uh, as Mike Tyson would say, ludicrous. It's ludicrous, I'll tell you. It's either ludicrous or it does add to the old adage saying, you are what you eat. Uh, that's a good call. And as I said, I think... Uh, you know, if you're going to assimilate and eat and digest uh, a meat or product that contains things, it's going to have some residual. It's going to be some some uh, trace substances in your system. I, I believe that could be true. I, I do not know that for sure, but uh, I would. It makes natural sense that 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 it may continue and carry. I think it's a great way to come up with a, an excuse or reason. Uh, if you do take these substances uh, orally or uh, inject them or whatever you do with them, uh, in addition to, uh, so you cover both your uh, your excuses. The bottom line is um, we will never know unless somebody comes out of the closet and says, "Hey, guess what? I sold this to him," and uh, or we we know he's done this for sure. And I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, you know, to have a lawsuit and everything else, uh, you know, just clear your name, clear, do it by yourself. Stay away from the meat if that's what it's doing to you, or get some uh, cage-free or whatever, roam-free meat, uh, range-free. Uh, I don't know. Do whatever you got to do, but but clear your name by not having any substance in your 
in your system. That's what you do. Unbelievable. Coming I, out of the closet. I think, like, I think he's pulling straws. C- coming out of the closet, you mean like the Calgary Flames? They just won a game. No, but anyway, um, I had one last uh, comment, um, which actually happened the other day, and I didn't get a chance to talk <laughs> about it. But the WBC finally announced their official ruling on the Alexander Povetkin case, um, which, uh, uh, if you recall, was uh, the uh, doping situation uh, prior to his fight with uh, with Deontay Wilder. Uh, so the bottom line, after all their their you know investigation, um, and they had put him on a permanent ban for being able to fight for WBC titles, um, they changed it. Uh, they still collected a quarter of a million dollar fine, two hundred fifty thousand, uh, and. Uh, have made his uh, uh, suspension ending uh, at the end of, uh, uh, or I should say the beginning of uh, December, December 6th uh, of this year, will end his ban. Um, and he will be on a, uh, a much stricter uh, testing regimen uh, to maintain uh, the WBC's Clean uh, Boxing Act. Uh, and that'll stick uh, with him for a whole nother year. So that'll expire uh, December 6th of next year. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, so uh, in less than a month, Alexander Povetkin will be added back to the WBC rankings. So maybe we'll finally get to see him uh, in a uh, significant fight. The thing about Povetkin uh, that I think, Sal, is that this guy, you know, he hasn't looked as good uh, in his last couple of fights. The one that sticks out is actually his last fight where he, where he fought that guy that that got the member his neck he had the crick in his neck and and they stopped the fight and they were they were doing uh uh you know uh, uh treatment on him they were giving him uh you know uh, neck massage and, and they oh, took like man. a five or eight minute break in between and then they let the I fight remember. continue and then not only that you know even by getting physical therapy in the ring they let the fight continue and then the worst part about it is Pavetkin didn't even knock the guy out his neck was tilted over for the whole fight and he couldn't even <laughs> knock him out you know so you know how I, dangerous I is he laugh. you know that's the question how dangerous is Pavetkin I don't know but if they find substance in the future he could always say he uh, uh the chicken the eggs uh, they were giving steroids to the chicken I don't know I know that's uh, the, that's 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 the thing that's a know? new that's a new that's going to be the new out I mean uh Fury brothers are uh geniuses somebody put that in their uh, their quiver and uh hey they're going to shiver that's like oh, that's like the guy who tests positive for pot and he says, oh, I didn't smoke. I, I was in a room that other people were smoking, you know. But uh, anyway. Hey, listen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, it's that time again. Did anyone win the trivia question? I don't know. We'll see in about two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And we got a big uh, 
weekend of boxing uh, scheduled. So uh, make sure you uh, tune it in right here Monday uh, when we give you our thoughts. But, Sal, we've been uh, tormenting our uh, listener base for uh, uh, a little over a week now, maybe two weeks, maybe on, two a real, weeks. on a real tough question. Um, and I gave you the answer, so don't say it. Nobody you did. got nobody I got a great no, hint for this. No, no, like nobody, nobody got right. it right. Nobody got it right. So I'm not gonna give the answer out. We okay. are gonna save it uh, and torment uh, all you guys uh, another time in the future because that's the kind of guys we are. Um, but uh, I got a new one. All right. So if you're the first one to get this one right, you will win your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. The same simulation game that Alex Propali uses uh, during our segment, The Blast from the Past. So here's the question. And you got to be the first one to email us, uh, Billy at Tuckin Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. The question is, I am in the International Boxing Hall of Fame, and I once lost four consecutive fights against two brothers. Who am I? I am in the International Boxing Hall of Fame, and I once lost four consecutive fights against two brothers. Who am I? If you know this answer, and you're the first to email me, Billy at Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, you'll win the prize. Sal, do you want to give a shot at this one? Oh, I'd have to do a process of elimination and just find out who were the fighting brothers aside from the Spinks brothers uh, that may have contributed to this uh, to this uh, answer here. Uh, did Jack have a brother? <laughs> no. So uh, good luck to everybody on this one. The question one more time. I am in the International Boxing Hall of Fame, and I once lost four consecutive fights against two brothers. Who am I? Email me the correct answer, Billy at Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. On this day in boxing history, November 10th, back in 2007, David Hay knocks out Jean-Marc Mormack in the seventh round to win the WBC and World Cruiserweight titles, and that took place in France. That fight took place in France. On this day in 1972, Rodolfo Gonzalez knocks out Changor Carmona in the 13th round to win the WBC lightweight title took place in Los Angeles, California on this day in 1972. On this day in 2006, Steve Molitor knocks out Michael Hunter in the fifth round to win the vacant IBF junior featherweight title, and that took place in Hartlepool, England on this day in 2006. On this day in 1978, Larry Holmes, Knocks out Alfredo Evangelista in the seventh round to retain his WBC World Heavyweight title. And that took place really at the king of all of the big fights back in this era was Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. And that's where Correct. this fight took place. They had an outdoor arena that was just the place to, to, to uh, fight. I really wish Caesars Palace would still be involved uh, with the boxing world uh, like they used to be. There was nothing like watching a fight at Caesars Palace, let me tell you. Uh, it's still my favorite uh, casino in Vegas. But anyway, on this day in uh, 1983, Marvin Hagler wins a 15-round decision 
over Roberto Duran to retain his WBC, WBA, and IBF World Middleweight title. And guess where that took place? You guessed it, Caesars Palace in Las Vegas on this day in 1983. And uh, finally, on this day in 1965, the best ever and former world welterweight and middleweight world champion and world light heavyweight title challenger, boxing hall of famer, etc., 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 Sugar Ray Robinson lost a 10-round decision to Joey Archer in their middleweight fight that took place in Pittsburgh. This turned out to be Sugar Ray Robinson's last professional fight. He finished his Hall of Fame career with a record of 173 wins, 108 by knockout, 19 losses in which he was only stopped one time, and that was the aforementioned uh, TKO loss to Joey Maxim uh, at uh, light heavyweight. Um, and uh, six draws. Clearly the best fighter of all time, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, fought his last fight on this day, November 10th. In 1965. Hey, man, that concludes our show for today. Like I said earlier, make sure you try to watch all the fights that you can because we're going to be talking about them Monday morning. So I'll leave you with this. Make sure you tune in Monday morning, same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. Da na 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 na